I'm going to be more likely to promote somebody if I know them, I've had a beer with them, and they're my friend. Because I think, okay, I'm going to support my friend. And I think other people do think the same way. This is Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast, episode 89. You're listening to Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast, brought to you by the fine folks at Response Suite. For all acquainted. Happy New Year to you. <laughs> you had to stop there before you ran out the words, didn't you? Yeah, I don't know. Everybody else just goes, uh, copyright infringement. I don't think it's copyright infringement. Probably not. It must have been written in the 1500s or something. Surely. Anyway, Happy New Year. We could have done that as the pub singer song. Blimey. Spoiler, it's not. I'll say it again. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Sorry, I was just being rude there and ignorant. Uh, hello to every to you listening as well. Yeah, it's good. Not it's good to, to be us. here. Quite an episode lined up. Your pal, you've how long have you known Paulo Kifor? Like since two thousand and ten, I think. 2010, 2011, maybe. Mm, long time. Yeah, yeah, long time. Really nice guy. Really, really solid guy. Been around for a long time, done lots of cool marketing stuff. What I like about what Paul's talking about is we all obsess about building up our lists and building up relationships. And we all think we can do it by sitting behind a computer, running ads and feeding all those big platforms. In actual fact, what Paul's going to talk about today is a very different approach altogether. That's actually about rehumanizing and going beyond what most people are willing to do. That's like showing up and speaking to people. Big takeaway from this is I think there's a lot of people talking about, and we've done it, talking about make a spreadsheet, fill it with all the people that you'd like to connect with and have uh, promote you, and then reach out and contact them. And then if they don't reply, reach out and contact them again. And that's okay, and it works, and we do it. But at the same time, it doesn't. It never has the same connection you get when you meet people face-to-face. Look at all the events that we go to. Think about the friends we've made from those And the friends we've made, absolutely. And the connections and the opportunities that those friends have given us and said, hey, I'm doing this, I'm involved in that, you want to get on board with. not just talking about sales, I'm talking about affiliate relationships, I'm talking about JV partners, I'm talking about free access to stuff and things. And, and people events. who are influencers in your space compared to like maybe you or, you or I, mm. who are suddenly really interested in you because you shared a coffee or you had a beer or something like that. And actually what's interesting is it sounds like, oh great, this will be a short episode, that's yeah. nice and easy, but actually Paul's got a lot of stuff to say on this topic yeah. and there's like a system to it, like yeah. do this before you get to the event, here's how you find the events, so super, super cool episode. Loads of meat, loads of meat, before I allow us to roll into that, we're going to go over to Rob's all-important quote of the week. Yes, because as they say, as the captain croaks, tread lightly in ambition. Got to do that, man, got to do that, you've absolutely got to do that, in fact. Yeah. I would say so. By the way, for all of you email marketing fans, you probably know if you're not an email marketing fan right now, what are you doing? Because according to most businesses, the highest return on investment activity you can be doing is using email marketing effectively. Mm-hmm. And so we, we've been obsessed with that for a very long time, Rob and I. That's why we started a whole podcast about it. So join us over on The Email Marketing Show. You can search for The Email Marketing Show on your favorite podcast players on YouTube and basically wherever the heck you're listening to this right now. So join us on The Email Marketing Show and hear us talking about how email marketing works today, how to make it more effective for yourselves. That's all I've got to say about that, Rob. It is. Let's dive in and chat to Paul. Paul, welcome to Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast. How's it going, dude? Hey, guys. I'm really good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, doing great. Really, really good. Obviously, we're talking about events and the power of getting out from behind the illustrious internet to actually meet real people. The first thing for me, I think, is if you, if you look at doing that, 
there's obviously some events where you know you're going to go out there, you're going to meet some really good people. And the, the intention is to meet some really good connections to grow your business. Grand, that's fantastic. But there's going to be events which are really effective and events which are going to be a bit of a dud. What is your strategy for identifying the right types of events to go to? Great question. Because I've done that. I've been to events that were duds mm. and I've been to events that were amazing. And what I do personally is pretty much word of mouth because uh, you know the people that are in your network and um, I just kind of chat to people and then people say, okay, I went to that before. It was pretty much um, no good for us because it was all CPA marketing or something along those sort of lines. But if you're looking to recruit affiliates, uh, then it might have been good if you were into that sort of uh, realm. But for me personally, we always try to target events where we've got people that we already know or we know people who know people, if that makes any sense. Uh, for example, I mean, Rob, that's how we met. Uh, we didn't know each other at all. And we met because I went to an event that I was recommended to go to in the UK because I was told I would meet people that I could do business with. And you uh, did? And I did. And not, yeah, many, many people. And I still like probably three or four years ago that was. And I still do business to this day with a lot of people that was at that event. So it's kind of, yeah, for me, it's word of mouth. I do look online and I do search events out. Uh, I went to one in Bangkok actually, which was just searched out by myself because it was here and it actually did turn out to be quite a good one, but that was just quite lucky because it was in my city sort of thing, you know? Right. And I think it's all about, it is sort of about setting expectations or getting you, your network to set your expectations for you. Because of course, if you look at the sales page for any event, it's going to tell you that the content's the best content there's ever been and the speakers are the best speakers there's going to be. But actually, I think it doesn't matter who the speakers are or what the content is. For most people, the real value of going to events is meeting other people and striking up these potential partnerships. Yeah, because no, no presenter is going to give you their entire course on the subject they're talking about in, in that 60, 50, yeah, exactly. even 90 minute presentation. We've seen lots of great, famous, big marketers and they're great, they're compelling and they pitch the shit out of you at the end of it and that's, you know, they do a great job. But like you say, it's the delegates in the room. So what kind of characteristics are you particularly looking for? Are you looking for, for example, because it's all about networking, is there a minimum number of attendees you would like to see at an event before you would consider going or is are there other factors for? No, absolutely not. That's great. Quite, okay, quite opposite to <laughs> <laughs> it's totally the opposite to that, to be quite honest with you, because we, it depends on your goal for what you're actually trying to get to at that point. So, for example, if I'm wanting to recruit for a launch, where say we're launching a product, I want to get to an event that I know has got as many affiliates or potential affiliates or other product owners that might want to do a recipe with me that's going to be in the same room at the same time. So I'm not particularly going to be interested in the speakers. It just won't interest me. So Okay, so you discount that, the speakers that, pretty much entirely. But pretty much, yeah. For you, do the, are, the, are the speakers sometimes an indicator of the types of people who will be the delegates? They are. They are, they are quite often they are as well. But just putting a reverse on that, sometimes I, I want to go to an event thinking, oh, I might bump into somebody, but it's because there's a certain speaker there. And so Got it. It's it, it totally dependent on what your goal is for that event is, is the way I look at it. Okay. And that makes sense because equally there are, for example, uh, a bunch of events that are specifically aimed at affiliates. So for example, you know, ClickBank do an event, I think. And sure. Like people like yeah. that. And you think, well, if I want to recruit affiliates, it doesn't really matter what market. Yeah. I but whereas if there's a fitness event on, right. You might go, Oh, I don't really want to learn how to teach Pilates. So I'm probably not going to, probably not going to rock up to that. Exactly. So that, that's a really interesting way to look at it, I think. And when you well, get... I've got Sorry. an example for you. There's going to be the Affiliate World Asia. It's here in Bangkok in um, 
December every year. And they have 3,000 attendees. And of those 3,000, 50% earn more than $100,000 per month. Now, that already tweaks my interest because what I know is a lot of them people are doing CPA it's marketing. It's tweaking a lot of things for me right now, I'm telling you. Yeah, so, so what I did, I went to that one the first year and I paid the money. It was expensive. Mm-hmm. I went during the day and I didn't really get anything from it, but I got invited to two networking parties on an evening. And on an evening, I was then introduced over a few drinks to some guys who were on ClickBank who were doing huge numbers. And two, two people I met then ended up making me a lot of money. And so the event that I went for thinking, oh, it's going to be cool. It's got all these people. But it was actually the people that were there at the networking party on the evening that was great. So the next year, I didn't buy the tickets for the event. But I went on an evening and I hunted down the networking parties and I hung out with the people again. And it's just learning, I think, uh, what it is your goal is, like I said. I'll tell you why it's really interesting. Rob and I have been going to uh, magic conventions uh, for years uh, from from being kids. And we always say that while the presentations and the lectures are all very good, the actual real stuff happens in the pub afterwards. People showing each other card tricks and things. It's very different to where you were, but you know, same same sort of like People people still turn in tricks. It's very true. Yeah, it's true. Uh, And I think one thing that's really interesting to pull out of that incidentally is that at an event with 3,000 attendees, you just, for you, you just went, you know, what? I met two people, there were two specific people who made me yep. like a load of money mm-hmm. as a result of that. Two of those 3,000 people. You go, that's, that's all it takes. You've only got but it make- doesn't matter because let's say that made you three, just $3,000. Right. And there's 3,000 people there. For every person that was yeah. there, you made $3,000. Your earning per attendee. My earning per is, attendee uh, was three grand. But yeah, I think if, if you think, you know, if, if you meet one person who's a really good connection for you, then that person could become, you know, a, a life partner. Yeah. yeah. And that, that's the way I look at it. And most of them do because I, I pretty much, I work closely with people I, I like, you know, if I like you and I meet you, it's like anything that if someone's got the best products in the world and want me to promote it and they hit me up and I don't know them, mm. I'm going to be more likely to promote somebody if I know them, I've had a beer with them and then my friend, because I think, okay, I'm going to support my friend. And I think yeah. other people do think the same way. A hundred percent. I think the power for this, for me, I'm I, obviously, I mean, I mean, it was years ago when we met at that event. I think I've been going to events for marketers since about 2010, something like that. I went to the first one in Vegas in 2010. I think I've been to one. Yeah. So I have to say, you meet people like, obviously we became friends and suddenly now you've got somebody on WhatsApp and now if you want to get in touch with them, you just send them a quick voice yeah. message and say, hey, can you do this me a favor? It. It's much Look, better than filling their contact form on their page, isn't it? Yeah. So I think if, if, if people listening to this, because this was a, a big game changer for us, is to be able to say, if we take a spreadsheet full of our ideal contacts and we say, all right, these are all the people in the world. There's a thousand people on this spreadsheet and I want to get a thousand of them. To, I want to get all thousand of them in, in a dream world to become my affiliates. And you spend the, you start the long process of starting to contact them through their website or Facebook or Skype or however you can get in touch with each person. And every person's different because they get in touch with them in different ways. And it just becomes a hassle. But you just meet somebody casually at an event where everybody's happy to just chat to anybody that they meet and just have a conversation and have, and share a drink. And suddenly that whole dynamic is different. So this is, this is really, really very I've got, I've got something I want to tell you. I mean, if my voice keeps cracking up today, it's because I've recorded 82 videos in the last three days. And I'm going to explain to you why. And okay. this comes back to networking. So we've got a launch coming up soon. And so we've got a spreadsheet of our a target 100 affiliates who we want. Right. And instead of, I don't do it like other people do it because I go to a lot of events. I do three or four events a year. I meet a lot of people and I've, I've met them in person, had a drink or whatever. 
So what I've done this time, I said to Richard, there's a few people, he said, oh, you'll never get them in a million years. So I said, Richard's my partner, by the way. And I said, okay, just leave this to me. And so what I've been doing, I've been walking around the park in Bangkok and making a personal video to all these people. Right. Literally. And just talking about stuff that's relevant to that person and me and them. And then, oh, by the way, let's set up a real proper JV commitment where we promote you and you promote us back. And then I've had eight, I've only been doing it three days. I've had eight people back and three of them were three of the biggest that Richard thought we would never, ever get. And it's because all the ones who responded to me were ones that I've met. Right. The people I've met, I maybe hadn't spoken to them for a year. I'd not seen them at an event for a year, but I'd, I'd met them at an event. I'd had a meal with them. I'd sat down and had a drink with them. And they've hit me up back up going, wow, dude, I haven't seen you for a while. I've not spoken to you. Well, yeah, great. Get me the details over. And it, just doing this now is all on the back of going to those events, you know? It's really, really powerful. I think what's, what's really interesting about that too is your offer at that point was about really creating a very, not super formal, but like an actual agreement that we're going to have this thing, we're going to have an affiliate relationship, we're going to do these reciprocal yes. things rather than, oh, I've got another product. Do you want to promote that? It's just like you feel like one of an army of people out there doing the promotion. It's like a, re- it's a relationship. If you can get more organized it around is. that. So you have regular conversations about what you've got coming up over the next six months and what they've got coming up over the next six months is that as far as you're going with it like to literally say let's keep an eye on each other's calendars so we know what's around the corner as opposed to this very reactive oh shit we're going to launch this week i better go and tell timothy about it yeah well a lot of people do it just so wrong and i do laugh at what they do so you get all these people who'll put up a little image on facebook they'll put it into a group they'll tag 100 people and, and they'll think that's how they recruit for a launch and it's just laughable because it's it's, throwing stuff at the wall and hoping some of it it's, a, it's an awful way to do it you know and it, it just, it really, it really does make me laugh when people do that. I mean, I, I learn, I just look at the numbers and we know from our launches, me and Richard have done 13 launches and done 1.3 million. So we're averaging the six figures on every launch we do. Mm-hmm. And that's just over the last few years. So what I looked at was 80% of our income came from the top 10 affiliates. Of course. So rather than me, wait, oh, I, I don't have to waste a lot of time. I just have to focus on who, who I know could get into the top 10 there might be 30 or 40 of them per launch, but I just make a personal video and I go to them personally. If I can get 25% of them 40 to come on board, I know I've got the top 10. That's the basics to, to, to giving us a six figure launch. The rest just follows afterward. That's perfect because you've got like a small number of people, which means you can personally nurture each Absolutely. and every single one of them. Can't you? Because you can, you can have a personal impact. So once you've chosen an event, you think, right, I'm going to go to this event, whether it's the one in Bangkok or somewhere else, you're going to go to this event and you kind of know what you want out of it. So that's the first thing yeah. I think it's really important. And just can I just say, by the way, I realized for a lot of people, stepping out from behind the internet and meeting real life humans, as opposed to yeah. just hoping the internet's going to print money for you, is terrifying. And I totally get that. But the reason that make you stand out, the, the, the reason it's been so successful for Paul is because he's willing to, to just like go, do you know what it is? I'm terrified. I could, I could be nervous or not very confident when I do my first one. I'm sure you weren't, were you, Paul? Well, I wasn't. Well, to be fair, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm a social whore, so I'm a little bit different. But what I would say to, to fix that, if, if, you're, if you're in that position, you take a look at my partner, Richard, who you know, Rob. He's yeah. the opposite to me. He doesn't, he doesn't go out socially really quiet too and assuming. He likes to have a drink, but he's a very quiet guy, very technical. He's a genius at what he does. But I'm the complete opposite. So we, we sort of like um, 
complement each other. And that's yeah. all you would need to do. So say you're out there and you've got a product, find someone who's going to be your JV guy, who's going to be the face of the company, who, who likes to go out and meet people and just bring them on board and get them to do it. Because that's basically what we, me, I've done with Richard, you know, he, he's pulled me on board. We have the opposite that problem, which is finding which one of us is going to shut up. It's <laughs> <laughs> very, very true. So you've chosen your event. You know what, you know what event you're going to go to and you know why yeah. you're going to go to it. I want to go I'm there. I'm going to one next week, actually. Because there's going to be 3,000 people and they're going to be, there's going to be a bunch of affiliates there. And if I meet a few of them and they become my affiliate, that's going to be good. Do you, apart from those decisions, do you, any, do you do any prep work before you go? Do you like think, Absolutely. right, what do I need to do in order to get the most out of this event before it actually happens? We've done something different each time. What you have to do is think of what would stand out. So what, if I'm wanting people to promote our product, one, one time what we did, I just printed up a load of little business cards. I just left them lying around. They were just lying around the event, you know, and they got picked up. The one I'm going to in a week's time, I'm going to take some flash drives with me, which will have all the promo. So it'll have all the done for you ads on it, Facebook ads, that sort of stuff on it. It'll, it'll have all the stuff you get on a JV page. It's a great idea. On a little flash drive. And I'm just going to hand them out to people because the one I'm going to next week, I know there's only going to be 30, 40 people there that I'm really interested in getting on Bob. So to get 30 USB drives, don't know. It costs next to I know, nothing. You know? I mean, I know I would definitely, if somebody, if, if, if I met you and I'd never met you before and we talked about the product and it seemed interesting and you gave me a flash drive, I would be much more likely to look at that and have a look at it. I would definely do that. Whereas if you said, go to www.myjvpage.com forward slash, I would just wouldn't bother. And so Paul, are you <laughs> saying that you go to these events, you go to an event with a single promotion in mind, or are you going there with an army of, sort of a raft, a shelf full of products? Which way around are you approaching it? No, just one product. So you're time. thinking, I've got this so, one product. I'm going to go. Di- yeah. I'm going to go di- deep dive on that. I'll tell you. I'll, I'll give you some real secrets now as to what we do. We we look at the events and we think we look at the events that we think would be of use for, to us. So, for example, ones that Rob would probably know is things like maybe Simon Warner's or Declan's. You know, the ones where yeah. they probably have about yeah. fifty to hundred marketers who are in the JV Zoo, Warrior Plus, ClickBank sort of niche. They're the people we. That's kind of, yeah, that's just where we are. So that's where we know we're going to find people that would promote us on them. So what we do, when we're looking for the date to launch a product, the product we are launching now has been ready for eight weeks. But we, and we time it so when we're at the event, it's, it's probably about four oh, Paul, weeks. I, sorry, you, you cut out there. I'm not sure what happened. Something weird happened with the internet. Do you want to just start the answer again? Then we'll have our editor sorry. smile and put it all together for you. Sorry. Yeah, so what we do is we, we, we target the events first, knowing, knowing that the people are going to be at the event, but we, we then set the date for our launch based on the event. So the launch that we've got coming up, we know we try and make it about four to five weeks after the event. So it gives people time. We give them the, the, the promos that they need, sorry, the promotional materials that they need, and we'll give them access to the product. They can go away. They've got three or four weeks to look at it. And then we hit them with the launch like the month later, sort of. That's kind of how we do it. So that's interesting. Even though, our, even though our product's been ready for ages, a lot of people will just push it straight out there. But what is the point in doing that? You may as well wait and get on board two or three good affiliates from, from meeting them at an event. And then what happens is then, if you, if you can get two or three good affiliates that hit it early doors and you convince them to go in for early on your, on your contest, then the EPCs will go through the roof. Then everyone else jumps on because you get to number one on JBZoo, you get to number one on, on Warrior Plus. Then all of a sudden you have this army of affiliates that want to promote your product because it's the number one product. So mm-hmm. if you can focus on these top 10 like I keep going on about and get them to promote from the, go, from the get-go, you just, the rest of it follows suit. You know, it, it just all follows in together. 
I think it's really interesting that you said only four to five weeks before the launch. I know that some massive affiliates will find that they, they are booked up way, way, way in advance. Whereas yeah. obviously you're saying just four to five weeks. Yeah. Well, we found that uh, it's just because of this space. I mean, for us personally, we need two months and we, we've tried doing events that are two months ahead. People seem to forget about it. They say they're going to do it when they've had a drink. Mm. Then when it comes to it, they've forgotten all about it. So we've, we found it. I mean, to be honest, three to four weeks, anywhere between three and five weeks, we've found has been the optimum. And, and this next one, I'm going next week and we're launching exactly six weeks after. So we're doing it six weeks this time. It's six, six weeks. Is okay. it? So I, I think this is really interesting. And as long as I've known you, I've never noticed that happen. Uh, I've never, I've never realized, oh, Paul and Richard. Well, I've, never, I've never came at you because I've known that you weren't really in that market. We doing a promo recip type model at the time. And so we, well, that's really cool. Yeah. I want it, what I think is, I don't think anyone else will realize that's a tactic either until they listen to this. I think most people will just, will just, I think I'm pretty good social so uh, I think I get away with it. It's really, I make people really become my friends first, and then and then I hit them afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. And I think if you get uh, just to go back to Kennedy's question before, if you go in with the singular intention of this one product X that I'm launching in six weeks' time, mm -hmm. and that means you've only got one thing to tell them about, you've only got one thing to sell them yeah. the benefits on, you've only it's got one thing focused. to get them brought in on. But once they're in then if you've, if you've got 10 other products sat on your shelf... It's, a, it's basically a lifetime know. customer value, but lifetime affiliate or lifetime partner value, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. This is so cool. Now, Paul, we're going to interrupt... what I do... Sorry, yeah, I'll on. just tell you one other, one, other, one other little secret I do as well. I never, ever ask them to promote us first. I, oh, whoever I'm speaking to, I never, ever do that. What I'll do is I'll say, oh, you know me and Richard are doing really well. You'll see us on Leadboards. And I might talk for hours about how well we're doing and say, oh, have you got anything coming up? Right. Can you give us two months' notice? Can we lock you in for a date? Blah, blah, blah. And if you want to do this, we could, we could start working uh, as a proper JV partnership where we're both committing to each other. And I just ease it into the fact that we've got a launch in six weeks. <laughs> but I offer, I offer our Make services first, first, you know? I love yep. that. I yeah. love that. Make it offer first. Even though their thing might be happening in months' time, yep. you might end up Absolutely. doing your your launch before theirs, but you actually make the offer first. That's huh. interesting. Yeah, that's exactly how we work. This is exactly very, very cool. Now, we're going to get back to it in a second, but we are going to interrupt proceedings for a second to play our first of two games in this episode. Now, Paul, we, uh, we know that you used to be in a band. Didn't you, you actually got a record deal, didn't you? We did. And, you know, we got the record deal from listing four tracks on MySpace. Remember that website, MySpace? Yeah, yeah. It's not around, isn't it? It's, it's it is a music four. website. Yeah, I think if you go there, I think we're still on there. You can still actually listen so to So what, uh, we, we, yeah, we might put, there's a picture of you performing on XFM Radio. We could stick that in the show notes if people have a chuckle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That so, was actually terrifying. We actually so, went, went, went on the Clint Boone show and we played live, three tracks live on XFM. Oh. It was, uh, that was actually terrifying, yeah. yeah no now, that band's not around anymore, is it? No, it actually... I, I decided to leave the UK and move to Thailand, so the band sort of um, ended. <laughs> so if anybody was thinking about having you for their wedding function, it's just not, not a thing. <laughs> no, I don't Depends think it's the right music for yeah. a wedding function. If they get married in Bangkok, they might be in the So what we're going to do is we're going to play a game called Bands That Were. And because you were a band. <laughs> we're going yeah. to give you, actually most of these are actually one-hit wonders. We're not saying you're a one-hit wonder, but these were one-hit wonders. <laughs> we're a zero-hit wonder. There you go. So we're going we're gonna to rattle through some different uh, bands or songs? Songs. Songs. We're going to tell you the song uh, of uh, okay. a sort of one-hit wonder band that was, and you have to try and guess or work out or remember who the band that sang it was. You ready? Okay. Wow. First one, okay. Mbop. Oh, dude. Remember that awful song? Those... Yeah, Hanson. Well, well done. done. Yes. Next one, the Macarena. 
Right, no. I'd have to ask you know the dance, you just don't know who sang it, right? I know the dance, yeah, I, just, I wouldn't have a clue who sang that, sorry. That okay. was Los Del Rio. And uh, the next one is, I am the one and only. That was, I met him, um, <laughs> I can't remember his name. <laughs> I, I, met him in, I met him in a hotel in London, hang on, Chesney Hawks. Yes. There we go. Next one, who yeah. let the dogs out? And I do remember the song, but I don't remember who sang that one. I'm sorry. Oh, that was the Baja men. I'm Blue Dabba D. This took us in the office the other day. Again? Say that again? It's called I'm Blue Dabba D. Never heard of it. <gasps> Blue Dabba D. Wrong generation, it must be. Maybe. It must maybe. be older than I thought you were. <laughs> Next. Well, was like, yeah, I'm almost, remember I'm almost 50, you know that? No, you just look young. That's what it is. It was Eiffel 65 who did that one. Next, you won't get this one either. The ketchup song. I do know it. No, I won't get it. It's, it's just too young for me. Okay, okay, this is a much more, much more generation. And uh, my Sharona. My Sharona, yes. I t- I'm terrible at this, aren't I? I can remember all the songs, but I just don't know who sang them. No, no. Okay, that was The Knack. Here's one for you. Play that funky music. The Knack, The Knack. Play that funky music. Um, I don't know. Sorry. That was Wild Cherry. Steal My Sunshine. Uh, I'm just gone really badly downhill here, haven't I? I, okay. I started off with Hanson so well. I was so confident. You did so well. So, so well. I you got Chesney Hall. I thought you were going to fly through this. That was Len no. who did that one. We'll give you one more. One more. <laughs> one more. Here we go. You can steal it back. Ready to go. Sorry, say that again. Ready to go. Ready to go. No, sorry. That was Republica. You scored a mighty two out of ten. Yes. <laughs> at least I didn't get zero. At least with the band, we had zero hits. I did better than the band, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Let's talk about something that you are good at, which is uh, getting affiliates from live events. Getting affiliates from live events. At the event itself. So you're going in there. You're going to attend. You've, you've figured out which events to go to because they're, they're, it's full with, of people who are, who are delegates most likely to be good partners for you. And that's yep. great. You've put your ticket, you're, all, you're off there, you know what the single product launch you're going to go there with, which is going to be four to six weeks out. Got that bit. We arrive. What's your strategy for when you get there? I mean, we know that you, in your own words, to quote yourself, Paul, you're a social whore, is what you said. What's your strategy? Like for some people, like walking into a room full of strangers, how do you figure out who to connect with? Like what the hell do you do when you get there? I think the key to it is, the, the real key to it is you need to know at least one person. As long as, as long as you can either persuade one person to go with you or know that one person is going who you already know, that is your kind of like a little link. If you, if you just go in absolutely, you don't know anybody at all, you go into an event absolutely on your own, I've never been in that situation. So I, okay. I wouldn't like to try and comment that's and that's say, first great strategy. I, I, either find somebody I know I could go in or, or, or get somebody else to come with you. That's a great one. I, I would, I would personally, what I do is, I mean, I've, I've just done it in the last two weeks. I've just, I pinged a few people that I knew that I thought might be going to the event I'm going to. Are you going? Are you going? Are you going? Three people said, yes, I'm going. And so I'm flying all the way from Bangkok to meet up with Dublin to people I've met at past events. And right. it, it's just great because once you've met somebody and you've, but I'm, I'm really, as soon as I see someone in a bar, I'll just go over and I'll buy them a drink. I'm not one of these people that sits at the back and expects to get a drink bought for everybody else. I'll go and buy it. I'll buy the first round. And just 
always put some, put yourself out there first, you know, and just, just do something like offer, offer something, give, give something out. I, I always go and give, I give first. I don't go in looking to ask or get something from people. I always go there to give something, whatever it can be. I, I just assess every situation at a time, but usually it's, I'll buy everybody a round of drinks. It kind of gets the attention. That's a lot, that's a lot of money for 3000 drinks, but never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I, make sure I'm not in, I make sure they're not all in the bar. So. <laughs> so, okay, this is really interesting. So you get that. And I love this idea of taking somebody with you. I mean, I did that. I went to an event in Orlando and I thought, I don't know many people who are going. Called my friend Lewis. Said, do you want to go to Orlando? He said, okay. And off we went. Yeah. That was it. And suddenly, and, it suddenly worked. And, and listen, one, one of the guys who's going to come over to meet me in Dublin, he's just a friend I've had in the UK, lives, lives over in uh, Liverpool. I've not seen him for years. And I just mentioned that I was going to this marketing event. He said, Oh, I'll jump on a plane. I'll hop over and see you. So I knew he was going to come over as well. So he's not even into marketing, but he just said, Oh, I want to come and see you for a night. So, I mean, you can even do that, you know, yeah, as long as you've got a bit of moral support from someone who's not even in your niche or your industry or whatever. I mean, it, it still works, you know, if you've got a really supportive partner, that could be a thing. To do oh, definitely. Well, yeah. like, you're your other half. Yeah, I know people who do that. I know people who've done that many a time. I've seen what the marketers that I know have brought the wife and kid a few times. Yeah. yeah um, how are you starting to, you know, so you're there, you've got somebody with you, you, you feel like you've got that moral support as well as physical support as somebody who can help you, you know, start conversations and stuff. And you're going to start just offering people drinks. So at this point, how do you start to transition that into a useful conversation? Or is this a, a case of, I'm not going to talk about marketing or my product at all for quite some time. I'm just going to talk. And I don't, I don't ever, I never, ever go into a room with the idea in my head that I'm going to ask somebody to promote the product. I go in that room hoping I can make friends or I can, at least I can see somebody who can think, okay, I like that guy. And you could be 20 people in a room and there'll be two or three people in there that I think, oh, you know what? He's a really good guy. I like him. And so I'd, I'd rather just, just get to know somebody because I know they're in the same circle of friends. They'll, they'll have, if it's someone I think I can get on with, the way I look at it is, they probably have another, another five or 10 people that are similar to them, which would probably be similar to me. So even if they're not going to promote for me, I'm pretty sure that they'll know someone that they could recommend to me, which has happened many, many, many times. What I think is interesting here, this is, this is like the polar opposite of what most businesses think of when they think about local business networking. You know, so if you go to your B&Is of the world or your local business networking things to try and make connections in, you know, across different industries, it's very much about, and, and I, I think that's great and we do it and it's part of our business and that's fine, uh, but that's very much turn up. You get to talk about what you do for a bit. You find out what they do and then you decide there's any synergy. There's formula, there's, and you might become... There's a moment where you're allowed to do that. Like yeah, yeah, permission, yeah. isn't there? That's the point. Whereas this is the opposite. This is, let's just find people I'm going to get on with the conversation yeah. we're all marketing nerds is very likely to turn into squeeze pages and stuff yeah, anyway. yeah. oh have you seen that ad that that person was running oh what, what's that <laughs> likely to go that way anyway have but you seen ryan's new car but you get to find out <laughs> you get to find out uh what the you know you get to find out who you're going to get on with and i suppose that's the that's the most important bit that's, that's the key for me because the way i look at it is you actually get attracted to people who are very similar to you. Well, well, I do personally. I know I do. So I know that if, I, if I'm getting on with one person, who, who their, their circle of friends I don't know already now is pretty much going to be people I'm going to get on with, you know? So that's, that's kind of how I look at it. Okay. So when you've got this, um, so in the past event, you were just sort of sprinkling business cards around and that presumably had a link to your stuff on it and that's fine, but that's a very much like a scattered approach. And now you're taking the more direct approach of A, having something that's a bit more interesting because it's a USB stick and that, that's inherently interesting, mm -hmm. but also uh, therefore you're not going to be so frivolously just throwing them on the table and hoping people pick them up because of the cost. No. 
you know, they're cheap enough. They have a moment of connection. They're cheap enough, them. but you want to make yeah. sure you're giving it to somebody. What, what are you doing in order to transition the conversation to something where actually this person now qualifies to be given one of these USB sticks? I'd want them to say that they were interested. If, if I got to the point where they said, oh yeah, something, I think I could do that. Could you get me the details over? And I'll say, well, here's something better than that. Here you go. And I've got all the materials you need on it. For you. So and you'd have to get to a point where, it would be the point where a normal person would say, oh, well, go and check out www.myjvpage.com. Mm-hmm. Get to that point where you're trying to get them to commit, really. I mean, they're already saying, oh yeah, I'm interested, I'm interested. You just, they're sat halfway, they're on the fence, maybe they just need pushing off that last little bit. And no, Paul, are they at that point, are you, how are you like making that connection? Are you exchanging WhatsApp numbers? Are you, email, is this an email thing? Is this LinkedIn? Is it find me on MySpace? I'm a big fan of WhatsApp, which Rob knows. And so my WhatsApp now is really cool because I, I do like Facebook Messenger and a lot of people will, will just add you on there straight away. But I've actually got to the 5,000 limit now. And I've got like another thousand that are waiting to, Show to be off, accepted. Mr. Popular. Well, it's just, yeah, but I've done that. That's, a bit, that's another story why I've done that. That's, that's for me, marketing Facebook. But, but what it does mean is if someone does want to connect on me on there, I need to go in and delete somebody. So what I've found is when I'm sat with people, I'd much rather get them on something like Telegram or WhatsApp where and I, f- I feel it's much more direct because it's on the phone all the time. If, you, if I need someone quickly, I'd, I'd be much more confident of getting hold of them on WhatsApp than I would be on Facebook Messenger. Oh, yeah. so, and just in, just in case anyone's, you know, maybe thinking, oh, this isn't going to work. I have to say, like, this is a really powerful strategy because if you think about, again, if you think about your top hundred or thousand, whatever hit list of people you'd like to partner with or, or get to know or work with in the, in the business world, in the marketing world, whatever your industry or niche is, like, if you if you find them and put them in a spreadsheet and you're like, right, I'm going to start contacting them now. Like it's a very slow burn method of getting in touch and you have to do it. And we do it, you know, you, you'll email people and start to try and strike up a relationship. But actually when you've had a couple of drinks with somebody in a bar and you've chatted over dinner and you've talked about marketing and you've, you've really hit it off, you can literally just say, listen, should we connect on WhatsApp and we'll keep this conversation going. And pretty much everyone's okay with that. You know, if, if unless pretty you're much. the who, who that nobody likes and you think they do. Well, there's more value them. in this than just the promotion. Like if you're working on a new, on a new product, you just want a bit of advice. You go, I don't really know what the angle is for this. Right. Yeah. Just, just message. If I, if I WhatsApp you, Paul, cause I work on a new angle that we're going to sell a response for you from, I will just WhatsApp you and go, mate, we're thinking about pushing it from this angle. What do you reckon? And with your, Absolutely. your perspective of what you're doing, the value in those people you leave, you have those WhatsApp numbers for, which you, you meet through these live events is more than just, will you blast your, your list with it? It's dude, I'm thinking about changing the angle of this. What yeah. do you think? Or the price and you can go, that's bloody genius. Or God, don't do that. But what about this? You end up with like a miniature virtual mastermind of people you can just sort of call that's, on, that's, get that knowledge, right? Yeah, I was just about to say, it is almost like having your own personal masterminds. I've been sat in rooms where I went to the, the ClickFunnels Funnel Hacking one in Dallas, and I don't know, there's 10,000 people there, something like that. But I was in a room with eight people. Just a, It was like a private, just little drink with people. And it was like a mini mastermind. It was amazing. I mean, the value we got out of that was, was just astronomical. But there's 10,000 people there. One, one guy I know, he, he just pinged me on WhatsApp. He said, look, we're having a meet together. There's about eight or 10 of us in this room. Do you want to come and join us? So I went along and it was just amazing. You know, I went there for three hours and what I learned in there was probably worth, I don't know, $20,000 or something like that. You know, it's crazy. And another thing as well, I'd say from the event, I mean, I don't know what level people are going to be at, but for me, me and Richard have always worked exclusively together. We've never looked to do any products with other people. That, but, but we have launched three products with three other guys that were met at events. And they just said, oh, well, we've got this product. Would, would you and Rich want to come in with us? And, like, and 
if the product's solid and it's great, I mean, mm-hmm. we've done it three times. We, we have actually launched with, with people that we actually met at events. And that was just something I just thought about that then, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not just the networking. Sometimes I wasn't going looking for that at the event. It's just something that dropped in our lap, you know. It's, it's massive. I mean, just to think about those two things, you're creating amazing joint venture opportunities that are going to do two different things. They're going to do this whole, yes, you're going to get exposure on people's lists and that's grand. We, need, we absolutely need that. But there's also that mastermind element, which is absolutely massive. We're going to continue this in a second. Yeah, but first we need to interrupt the episode for a second time to play our second and final game of this episode. Now, this one is also music related, oddly. Uh, this is the one we, of course, play in every episode. Uh, and here's how it works. My colleague Kennedy here. Hello. That's him. He's going to sing a song for you now, but he's going to sing a song in the style of a traditional British pub singer. And that means that some of the words will be somewhat confused and disguised. You've done it. This is horrific. What? (laughs) You're going to love it. This is going to be vile. They're going to love it. So he's going to sing a song to try and guess what it is, as do the listeners at home. So Kennedy, take it away. Is that all we're going to get? I don't know. Do anymore, huh? I, I actually thought you just sounded like Vic Reeves, but I don't know. <laughs> and I look like him. And uh, yeah, I'll try, I'm going to try again because that was just go for the chorus. Yeah. But it's only, it's only three lines long. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah, right. that's why it's horrendous. <laughs> laughing in our office. Have you got it? I'm no. laughing. I can't stop laughing. Though. Paul, any idea? No, no idea. That was uh, Sunny and Cher, I Got You, babe. Like, obviously. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's the only song I've ever sung on karaoke. Is it really? I was in Manchester, no. absolutely wasted. And so you were at a marking event? No. No, oddly. No, no oddly. One the, it was one of the times I was wasted and not at a marketing not event. Not at a marketing event. So what a marketing event, you've been to a marketing event, you've now, we're all the way through that process, we've made some great connections, we've now got them on WhatsApp, or we've connected with them in some way. There's sort of two pieces of the aftermath that I want to talk about. And one of them is going to be the long term, how we keep those relationships going. Because we've all met loads of people and we've been a little bit probably shoddy, some of us, at keeping all those relationships hot. But there's also the immediate aftermath of what you do straight away after the event. So let's talk about that first, Paul. What do you do straight after the event to keep that going and keep that fire right under it? Well, like I said to you, I, I go primarily to just find people that I actually think that I like and, and I'll yeah. get along with. So, so I'm pretty good at, I'd like to think I'm pretty good at actually keeping up with the uh, keeping, I just, I just ping people. I say, Hey, how are you doing? You know, I, I just talk about it, about life. I don't, I don't go back at people for a marketing perspective. I just talk to them as a human being as like a friend would do, you know, like, are you feeling okay? You're down. Do you, you want to jump on Skype for a chat? Da, 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 whatever, you know? And I just, I kind of, in a way, I think, I think, I think I've built up a lot of mates, what I'd like yeah. to call mates that are in the business because, um, that's the way I, I look at them. So I, I, I ping a lot of people, like at least like once every month or something like that. And there's other people I'll speak to on a, a weekly basis. And there's people I've met at events. So I, I speak to almost on a daily basis now, right. you know, and they become really good friends. And there's probably two or three of those people that, that when I say talk, I mean, you, I'm, I have my Skype on 24 uh, seven because of obviously what I do, but when I say talk, I mean chat, message them back and everything. I don't mean physically getting on and having a, a camera yeah. conversation. Yeah, you have, you have conversation in some way. Even if it's just text. It's usually just a text format. And, and, and like going back to what you mentioned before, Kennedy, a lot of that is like, we almost like, 
we lean on each other now because they know they're doing something similar to me. So I'm quite often, I, I'll ping over, I've got some sales copy. I'll let one of, one of my, uh, my newfound friends just read over it. What do you think of this? What do you think of that? And we do, we, we ping things backwards and forwards between, or, between us. You know, some people's strengths are much, much better than others. Like, I mean, people, Chris Jenkins and uh, Richard call me eagle eye because I'm pretty good at looking at a sales copy page and pulling out the really bad grammar and if there's any punctuation marks or anything like that. But if you ask me to write it, I'm pretty damn terrible. But I can pick up <laughs> other people's mistakes. And if I did it myself, it'd probably be 10 times worse. But when I'm looking at other people's, I'm very critical of it and I can usually pull off a, the odd mistake here and there. It's just, I don't know, I'm, it's just something I'm pretty good at doing. <laughs> just found our new proofreader. <laughs> do you know what I've just I've just been pinged three pages today to look at for people as well that's, that's what made me go on about that <laughs> that's, that's, that's literally that's literally why I started talking about that because I look, I was just looking at my messages today and I saw three pages that people have asked me to have a look over and I mean it sounds it sounds over simple, but actually the, the, that, what that means is the answer to the question of what do you do next is just don't ghost the people you meet, right? Don't just meet them and go, well, that's no, right. that yeah, door yeah, now. Yeah. I think the real thing that has come out of all of this actually is just to create genuine community connections where you're actually getting people's opinions and treating them as a community rather than just WhatsApp and then when you've got a new thing to flog. Instead, it's like, it hey, I'm working on this. What do you think of that? Just getting a constant yeah. feedback loop, isn't it? I call it real relationships. I think that, that's why I describe it to, to other people when they've asked me in the past. I know I say I'm a social whore, but I do create each event. I'd like to think that I'll come away with at least one or two people that I've thought, okay, I never really knew that guy. I've spoke to him online maybe. And there's lots of people where I've had conversations backwards and forwards for years online and I've never really met them. Then when I've met them, I thought, oh, maybe, maybe they're not the right person for me. But other people I've met, I thought, oh, wow, this guy's much better in real life than when I actually met him online. And it's amazing when you actually do spend two or three hours in the presence of somebody over a drink, a glass of wine or whatever, that things open up and you do start talking. You might find you've got something totally in common with this guy and you've come from a very similar background. And once you've got that, you've got a connection that, that stays there, you know? Now that's really interesting because actually, and this is, uh, you know, this would be a whole different episode on its own right, but that means there's actually a fusion at these live events of people that you meet in the, in, in the room for the first time. And that's your first ever interruption, uh, interruption, interaction. interaction with them. And then they become friends on Facebook and whatever, but equally there's people you meet in a Facebook group because they're in the same Facebook yeah. groups as you. And then you meet them maybe a year, two years, five years, 10 yeah. years down the line. I've met people oh, who yeah. I've been friends with online for 10 years and never met in the room. And customers, that. I mean, it's amazing when that happens too, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, people come up and you say, oh, I bought that off you and it's great or I'm customer response suite or whatever. And what's really good about that is that you've got this lovely crossover of people you didn't know before that you now do, people that you only knew online, but now you've met them in real life. Great stuff. It's absolutely amazing. Look at how that all that works together. We're now going to close up this episode by going into what we lovingly refer to as the quickfire round. Hey, hey. You don't want to miss out on more of these fabulous nuggets, do you? Make sure you subscribe to the Three Marketers Podcast now on your podcast player. So, Paul, first of all, give us a book that you recommend. Well, do you know what? I, I, I thought about this and I've actually got two. Is that okay? Ooh, Go for it. The reason, and, and I've just been looking at them now and... I didn't know this was going to happen, but the way the podcast has gone, they're both really, really, really sort of like totally in line with what, what we've been talking about. The first one is um, Influence mm. by Robert Cialdini, yeah, which amazing. is The Psychology of Persuasion. And that book for me, although it's a marketing book, it's given me so much in going to these events because it's all about how, how when you first approach people, you know? Mm-hmm. So for me, that, that book was, it's very, very relative to what we've been talking about. And the other one is called The Go-Giver uh, mm. <laughs> by Bob Berg. Again, I mean, that's a book about um, giving 
uh, before before you actually ask for stuff. Again, it's quite similar to what I was describing uh, about the events. Yeah, absolutely love it. Yeah, absolutely. There's another book I really love, which is called Never <laughs> Eat Alone. Have you ever read that? I haven't. No, but I now will make a note of that. Yeah, yeah. It's called Never Eat Alone by Keith Ferrazzi. I think you pronounce it. Another really okay. good book about about networking, Excellent. but not in formal sort of situations. Great, really, really good Excellent. one. So, um, what would be a top success habit that you have? Something that you do on the regular? Um, I think that for me was when I started to get a routine together. So I had a really bad time and uh, I spent with my wife and then I, I took on my daughter. She's five year old on my own. So what I had to do, I had to suddenly all of a sudden I was like, oh wow, I've got to really get a routine together. But it made me more disciplined. So now I'm up at 5.55 every morning. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty lucky because I have my own swimming pool and I have my own gym. So I go swimming for an hour every day. Um, and I also read for half an hour every day. Sorry, I'll say that right. again because my voice just went two seconds. <coughs> Can you ask that question again? Yeah. What will be one uh, of your sorry. top success habits, something that you do regularly? Right, yeah, I think that I have to go down to actually getting a routine. Um, I took on my five-year-old daughter on my own, and now I get up at 5.55 every morning, get her ready for school. Once she's gone, I do like an hour's exercise. I swim for an hour every day. And um, I also read for half an hour every single morning before I actually start my work now. So I've got this routine five days a week. Once I've started doing that, I become more disciplined. Very cool. I think it's amazing that you find a half an hour to read while you've got a five-year-old daughter. That's quite, quite an achievement on its own. <laughs> yeah. Next. yeah, that's after she's gone to school. I'll tell you that. It's after she's gone to school. <laughs> okay. Next, give us a marketer or an entrepreneur that you look up to. Um, has to be Richard Fairbairn, 100%. He's got 21 years experience and he, he was basically, he's responsible for me being where I am today. So I owe him so much. Tell me about some of your favorite apps that you think are really cool, really useful, that you really rely on. Oh, I've got one. Well, I've got three that I use every single day, to be honest with you. I've got okay. one that's called Brain.fm. I don't know if you've heard of that one, but that, no. that is my, it's the best app. It's the best $7 a month that I've ever spent. I use it every single day that you can actually just you plug it in when you go to sleep on a night you can set it for six seven or eight hours and you have the best dreams you've ever ever had and you just sleep like a baby and you you fall to sleep within one minute of plugging it in and also they do like a focus where you can focus on your work and you, you feel like you're really pumped up and they also do a thing that's called recharge and they have 15 30 or 45 minutes and if in the daytime now i have like a little siesta so i just put on a 30 minute recharge and it's amazing you get 30 minutes sleep you wake up and you feel like a brand new person. And that, that app is just amazing. And the other apps that I used, and that has been primarily because you lose a bit of time in Bangkok on uh, transport moving about. So I use Audible a lot, and I listen mm. to a lot of audiobooks now. Whereas where before, and the other app I use a lot actually is, is Play Music, <laughs> the Google one. So I either listen to music or I listen to books now when, I, when I'm actually on the public transport. Awesome. Big important question now, Paul. So think very carefully. Who do you like more, red-haired Rob or platinum-haired Kennedy? Well, I think that's a loaded question, really. So because I've met you, Rob, and we've had beers and I know we get on, I'm going to say Kennedy just because <laughs> that. <laughs> then, and, then, better. and then I can't upset anybody, really, can I? <laughs> or everybody. Finally, <laughs> where can folks go to find out more about you? Um... Well, that's good. Uh, PaulO'Keefe.org is probably, uh, my, my blog will probably be the best place to, to track me down. Or superfunnel.co.uk, that's another one. Any of those two. PaulO'Keefe.org is probably the best place. And you can find you on social media, of course, as well. Of course, oh, yeah. You can find me on social Facebook media. Usually slash, slash Keefe, uh, most of them, and, Instagram. And affiliate World in Bangkok. 
yes, I'll be at that. And we're having our own event here as well on the 6th to the 9th of December every year. So uh, if any year anyone's coming to um, Bangkok, then uh, we always follow the Affiliate World Asia. Amazing. Well, dude, thank you so much for taking some time out. This, this has been, been amazing. Great. Absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much. Oh, thanks, so, oh, thanks so much for inviting me on. It's been great. I've loved it. So you can see there's a real strategy behind that. It's not just rock up, shake some hands, get drunk. Well, there's a little bit of that as well. That's important. But it's not just <laughs> let's rock up and hope for the best. It's let's go there with this particular intention in mind. Like taking stuff like USBs with things on it. Like yeah. how cool is that? Really, yeah, really it's, cool. It's much bigger. And it's literally for me, I think it really comes down to are you willing to make that extra effort to fly across the country, to fly across the world in order to start forging those relationships, which were once faceless relationships? I mean, when I first got into that area of our business, I didn't know anybody. I still feel like I don't know many people at all, but I'm certainly starting to get FaceTime with these people and build trust. Because when you have a beer, when you have food, when you have dinner, when you have lunch and spend time with these people, you have a shared experience to have in common and suddenly much greater levels of trust and opportunity sort of spring up, don't they? One of the things that you can see why that's the case is if you reached out somebody cold online and say, let's jump on a call and have a chat, chances are the, the, the context of that call is going to be very functional. You're yes. going to get on, introduce yourselves, talk about what you do, find out what they're doing at the end, say, great, what do you want to do from here? Right. Whereas when you meet somebody in a social setting like that, now mm-hmm. you get to find out what their kids are called and what their wife does for a living or the husband does for a living. Like you, And things you happen at them. the event that you can now have as a, as a shared experience going forward. Look at your friendships that we Careful. all have. The, but you you talk about all the things that you've experienced. Yeah. So you say, oh, do you remember that time when? And you've now got something to talk about more than just You work. have hours to get to know each other over an evening rather than, you know, 20 minutes on a quick call to chat. <laughs> definitely, definitely, because we're all trying to be productive in our work time. All the show notes, by the way, we've popped over for you at blog.responsesuite.com slash 089. Enjoy. We'll see you next week. Don't miss a thing. Miss a thing. Check out the show notes at blog.responsesuite.com.